This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. WRKS Pickens Jackson. Are you ready? Yeah. Yeah. Now live from the Whiskey 61 Lounge inside the Bank Plus Studio. Listening to Mississippi's number one sports talk show, The Out of Bounds Show with Bo Bounds. Streaming worldwide live on the Out of Bounds radio app and on your radio at ESPN 105.9. The Soul. Oh, man. You people are crazy. On our Ag Up Equipment text line, but I love it. Out of Bounds, 105.9 The Zone, ESPN. I'm your host, Bo Bounds. Want to say good morning to you. Welcome in. Man, a lot of crazy stuff going on in SEC baseball. Tony Vitalo tossed for bumping it up. Four-game suspension. Jay Johnson tossed because his batters won't get in the batter's box. And uh, are trying to slow the game too much. Although Ben McDonald is on Twitter, former LSU pitcher. Now with the SEC Network, Baltimore Orioles uh, Radio TV. Um, taking up for his alma mater in Jay Johnson. According to reports, LSU was warned twice. You know, you got to get in the box and you got to hit. I mean, there's a 20-second rule, as y'all know. And then they told him the third base ump would be timing them, and they still slow played it. Dude gets called out. Jay Johnson goes nuts, and the rest is history. So we we've got this is good. You know, sometimes I think we've got too many boring coaches in the SEC in football. You know, we need more Bruce Pearl. You know, and and Tony Vitalo. Um, you know, scandals. Guys that are dirty. Um, anyway, the Out of Bounds Show is brought to you by the uh, New York Strip and Ribeye at Kessler Prime in the Renaissance. Their uh, bourbon list selection is second to none. The great wine list, too. KesslerPrime.com to make a reservation. 
Uh, Twitter handle at Bo Bounds. Twitter, Twitter, Twitter. Twitter handle at Bo Bounds. We're streaming live on the Out of Bounds radio app. Farm Bureau Insurance call in line for you, 601-707-3750. And then what was Mississippi Ag is now Ag Up Equipment. Text line 601-885-3776. Nick says Bianco's nail in the coffin was when Will Bednar shut down Vanderbilt in game three of the College World Series National Championship Series. Yikes. Okay. Can I give you an interesting stat? Hit me. In the last 10 years, Mississippi State and Ole Miss have played nine times, nine series, right? Um, Because they didn't play in 2020. Okay. Um, 2022 to 2012, okay? All right. Ole Miss is 13 and 22 against Mississippi State in the last 10 years. Really? 13 and 22. They have not won a home game, not series. Not they've not won a home game against Mississippi State since 2015. They're 6 and 10 at home against the Dogs okay. since two, since 2012. Okay. But they're 0 and 8 in the last two series. 0 and 8. That's uh 2017 and 2019. They will obviously have one more chance this year. Okay. That is the big when you go thirteen and twenty-two over a decade against your rival, and then especially with the way he dominated early, exactly, and then you couple that with your rivals made thirteen, they made an appearance, and then seven, uh, excuse me, eighteen, nineteen, and twenty-one, they all went to Omaha. So four Omaha trips to zero or to one in this ten-year stretch. Okay, and you're thirteen and twenty-two against your rival. Four Omaha trips. Yep. So 13, they run her up. Right. And then 18 and 19, they finish just short. Right. 21, they win the whole thing. Okay. Ole Miss went in 14. So once Cohen rebuilt it, it's been going, for the most part, gone against Bianco. Well, yeah, if you went, if if you're a baseball college baseball fan and you can go to Omaha four times in 10 years, you take that every decade. All, I mean, sure you would. You know, Texas fans or like a couple other Oh, we we went 30 straight times. Like, yeah, but there were like eight teams. You know what I mean? It's just a different era. If you get four out of ten in this era, I mean, that's that's elite baseball. Yeah. So you watch your rival go four times. They win the whole thing. You've only gone once. Oh, and you're 13 and 22 against them, and you're 0 and 8 at home. And four different coaches. Yeah. Yeah. Cohen, um, Henderson. Three different coaches. Lamonis, Lamonis. Yes, yeah, have taken him to the CWS. Yeah. Because Lamonis has multiple trips. Yep. Okay. All right. Um, okay. What? What is War Eagle Rich talking about? <clears throat> He's talking about Brian Harson. Oh, that's that's awesome. All right, let, let's switch gears. Uh, let's talk a little football. Shea Patterson. Let's do it. You, what did you tell me earlier this morning? Oh, when we we were we were talking about the NFL draft, and we'll be there next week, and we're ready, and I'm ready, and let's go. Um, Dave Bar two may be meeting us in Las Vegas. We're gonna see how that works out. Yeah, I know, I know. Wild man, wild man Bar two may be meeting us in Vegas. Can Las Vegas handle Dave Bar two? I don't know no. if they can. I don't know either. I don't know. Um, 
Tell me what you were telling me about Shea Patterson. Former Ole Miss that's and right. Michigan quarterback. That's right. That's right. Well, you know, the USFL the started. That's yes, right. The USFL started this weekend. The yeah. United States Football League is going to be this new spring league, right? And um, who would lead the Michigan football club in the USFL but Michigan superstar Shea Patterson? And Shea Patterson is joined by Paxton Lynch as the quarterback on that team. So you got two superstar quarterbacks, Shea Patterson and Paxton Lynch. And they are led by none other than Mr. 500 himself, Jeff Fisher. Jeff Fisher, who, like Will Muschamp, does not believe in first downs or scoring nope. touchdowns in football. No. So Shea Patterson and Paxton Lynch, led by the offensive genius, Jeff Fisher, they start the Michigan USFL football team career. And here's the drives. They go three plays, two yards, punt. Two plays, no yards, punt. Eight plays, 48 yards, fumble. Eight plays, 32 yards, punt. Three plays, three yards, fumble. Five plays, 12 yards, pick. So, punt, punt, fumble, punt, fumble, interception. Shea Patterson and Jeff Fisher, ladies and gentlemen. Jeff Jeff Fisher on offense. Oh, he's incredible. Incredible. He killed Vince Young. uh, Well, I mean... that maybe that's how good Steve McNair was. That he won with Jeff Fisher's court. He won in spite of yeah. Jeff Fisher and was within a one yard of winning a Super Bowl. Yeah, with Jeff Fisher. Exactly. With Jeff yeah. But it made me ask this question and I, I was, mean, can you imagine if McNair would have been partnered up in, in the modern era with literally with anyone. like Sean Payton? Are Sean McVay, Andy Reid, oh Kyle Shanahan, Mike I, Martin. I mean, I can go on for like I mean, an hour. Jeff Fisher played safety for yeah. Buddy Ron, and neither yeah. one of them believed in the forward pass. Correct. Yeah. Okay. No, right. it would have been amazing. Let me, but it made me ask you this question, and we'll, I'll tease it up, and then you can get into it in the next segment before we go to, to Tom Luganville. And maybe Tom will have some thoughts on this. Oh. But you mentioned what Shea Patterson was the only high scorer you had ever interviewed as a prospect. True. He was named the Shavior before he ever stepped foot on campus. Right. He played three games his redshirt freshman year before you could do that, so he burned his redshirt at the end of the year with mm-hmm. the injury. Comes back and plays like six games and gets injured mm-hmm. and never plays again for Ole Miss. And it made me ask the question, is Shea Patterson the biggest collegiate bust in Mississippi sports? It's a good question. I'd have to think through it, but he's up there. We know, we know he is... On the board. Yeah. What we like to call the Mount Rushmore. Yeah. He's, he's, uh, this is a dubious one to be on, but I would yeah. think Shay. And it, I just started going through, you know, we, who are some of the other guys, you know? I'll, I'll say one that was interesting in a different sport for Mississippi State, Malik Newman. Yeah. He was given the five star, he's going to win the, the whole thing. And I mean, what did he do? You know, yeah. I don't know. That's Renardo Sydney, maybe. There's a lot. Wow. You just threw a lot at me. The Out of Bounds Show is brought to you by Farm Bureau Insurance. Bundle your auto and home and save with your local Farm Bureau Insurance agent. Tom Luganville will stop by at uh, 8.30 on the Corona Premier Guest Line. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. 
Ships Registry, Bahamas. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. With the first pick in the NFL draft, Ball Saxonville has decided to pick Manscaped to stock up their D. Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming, have sponsored us to make sure you don't get booed out of the bedroom like Roger Goodell. Support us and head over to manscaped.com to use the exclusive code BOUNDS at checkout for 20% off plus free shipping. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BOUNDS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And use code BOUNDS. It's time to find your diamond in the rough with Manscaped. All right, good morning. Welcome in. Out of Bounds, 105.9 The Zone, ESPN. We're streaming live on the Out of Bounds radio app, and uh, we're streaming on thezone1059.com. want to say good morning. Welcome in to you. And we've got a big one this week. This will, look, this is going to dominate the show all week. State and Ole Miss tying up for three games in Oxford Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Two teams fighting for postseason play two proud programs one reigning national champ that throws uh, thousands of gallons of more lighter fluid on this thing um you know Ole Miss had several opportunities I say several they had a few opportunities the last 20 years to go and get a national title um they didn't uh especially early in Bianco's career those oh that oh four oh five oh six run was Nasty. Um, those teams were loaded. Um, and, you know, that was pre-Dan McDonald leaving. Uh, they caught lightning in a bottle with Mike and Dan. You got to give Mike all the credit in the world. He hired Dan. Um, and they were often running out of the chute and out of the gate at a level that um, threw everybody off. And wiped Ron Polk out. And, and that's hard to believe. That That's hard to believe. Uh, Mike Bianco was rolling at a, uh, you know, I, I remember being at the 04 Super Regional or 05. Texas. Was that the one you were at? Yeah. Yeah. They, so they five, played right? Texas, Miami, and Virginia all at home. I don't remember. Texas was the first one. I don't remember chronologically the other two. Um, but those teams were stacked and loaded. Okay. And that was their first taste of success. And they, they were doing it when Mississippi state was not hosting Mm -hmm. regionals or super regionals. Okay. And so when I was up there, you know, it was new for them. It was fun. It was electric. They were I remember um, having Jake Gibbs and Coach Kessinger on the day of the first game of the Super Regional against Texas. 
Um, and from there, he had success, but it was heavy in the first seven years, right? I mean, there there was a lot going on. I know, I know they didn't punch their ticket till 14 to the CWS. Did play into the second weekend that year. That's right. Um, invested a gazillion dollars into that stadium. Hindsight, they would have torn it down and redone it. They can't make it look like Duty Noble or the Embrave Stadium, the new look with the spacing in between the top and bottom. But it's still got a lot of bells and whistles. Um, but they're like $70 million into it now or something. Um, I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't, I'd have to go back and figure out if they should have done that years ago. But bottom line is, uh, Blake, this is, um, they don't really have a pitching coach on their staff, Never which have. is, when you say that out loud, that's uh, hard to believe. Yeah. And so Bianco, I know Bianco was a catcher, and that is a, a position that understands pitching and that very cerebral and, 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 and a very coveted, you know, position for major league baseball, for college baseball and, and major league. I mean, State and Ole Miss are sitting there thinking, you know, what are they going to do next year uh, with after Dunhurst? And yeah. I know Logan Tanner's struggling, but he, He's a good catcher. But you have consistent Before, play. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And Lafferty and Clement are, are not pitchers. And so I think your point is there's nothing wrong with having a catcher on your staff. That's a good thing. Absolutely. A lot of times it's very good. The problem is when you have only catchers on your staff. Yeah. And also, like, you look at Mississippi State's success. Cohen made a great hire with Butch Thompson. Yes. Correct. And then... Made a great hire with the second guy, too, Gary Henderson. Yes. Good pitching coach hire. He was. He was an excellent Whatever pitching coach. Whatever you want to say about coach, him as a head coach. Hire. Yeah. And then Lamonis tapped Foxhall. Out of NC State. Who's done a really good job. Only set records last year. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So when you kind of want to compare the two here, but we could go around the league with other pitching coaches who are. Um, I don't know a school in the league that doesn't utilize uh, the pitching coach. Highly accomplished. At, right. Outside of Ole Miss. It's the only one. And the one thing about Bianco, as successful as he's been, he is a absolute and total micromanager. I think the only thing he'll delegate is recruiting. And and Mike recruits, and they've recruited very well, but I think Clement and Lafferty are, are fantastic recruiters. Um, But they don't really have a Butch Thompson, Scott Foxhall nope. pitching coach. Nope. And they never have. And that, to me, is what, if this thing wraps up in the next two months, mm -hmm. maybe, well, before that, uh, that may be the one, th there's two things. Not having a dedicated pitching coach and the micromanaging of all that on the field. Again, I think he allows them to go out and get players and they do a really good job of it, recruiting and cultivating relationships. But at the end of the day, I think people are going to say, well, he never really had a pitching coach and the micromanaging. I think that is... And it's hard to believe that they were number one just a few weeks ago in the buzz of college baseball. And they're not sure if they're going... They're not guaranteed no. postseason play. No. And Neither I is Mississippi State. But it's a different deal. What's going on over there? Yeah, and I think at this point, too, 
with everything we've talked about, and I've been on this train since since the preseason. I don't. I like how what Nick said um, when when State beat Vanderbilt in Game Three. When Bednar shut down Vandy in Game Three, that was the last nail in the coffin. But I'll reiterate that, and we've seen this from a lot of Ole Miss fans on the text line and through Twitters and even in person. When he flirted with LSU over while State was winning a national title, can you? I mean, that's like catching your wife cheating and she's also robbing your bank account. It's like it's like all right. Well, I was mad at first. Like you were robbing me, and that was I felt bad, like because you were misusing our funds, and that's a conversation we need to have. But you're also cheating on me with my boss. Like what? That was like the it was just too much at once, yeah. and I think it broke the, the spirit. Dam. Yes, and and we saw it Sunday's game when they were getting swept against Alabama. It looked like a midweek non-conference attendance, and if we've known anything in sports, if we know anything in sports. The number one thing that will make an AD react is not Twitter. It's not social media. It's not even a, a message board post. It's ticket sales diminishing. Yeah. Do you think they packed the park? I still think double-decker Grove Bowl in-state rival. To start. But if you lose Thursday, and then uh, my brother's wife is an Ole Miss fan. They're going up for Friday, Saturday. She joked. She said, look, if we lose, if we lose Thursday, I'll – I'll be there Friday, but if we lose Friday, I'm not going Saturday. I okay. mean, and that's and she's she's into sports. She's not a tailgate fan. She's a she likes the game. Sure, that is I think a sentiment that is shared, and I think you saw that with Mississippi State football and Joe Moorhead. So show me the difference when Ooh. the fan base checks out. The fan base checks out. It doesn't really matter how you get there. Right. Once you're there, what are you going to do? I. Do you think they would rather Lane Kiffin coach the team this weekend? Yikes. Is that how you get people excited? Do you bring Lane back? I don't think he'll come back right now. You can't throw a golf ball. I think he kind of sees the writing on the wall. No, don't associate yourself with something that's going down. Yeah, He's got so much momentum going for him in the football program that I'm not sure Lane Train grabs the first pitch on Thursday Uh, or Friday. I would decline politely. Yeah, I mean, he's got the Grove Bowl on Saturday. Yeah. Huh. Is it a death knell if they bring Kermit Davis out? Most Solmus fans don't know who that is. (laughs) Exactly. The Out of Bounds Show, ESPN 105.9 The Zone, is brought to you by RS Electric Company. All right, so if you've got a commercial or residential job, you want to go with RS, RS Electric Company. RSElectricMS.com. Good morning. Welcome in. We're live in the Bank Plus studio. Bank Plus. It's more than a name. It's a promise. Show is powered by Superior Foundation for all your foundation repairs. Luganville on the Corona Premier Guest Line now. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
Go to your happy price, Priceline. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. show is powered by the award-winning golf courses at Dancing Rabbit Golf Club in Philadelphia, Mississippi. Oh, man. Good morning. Welcome in. SEC Insider Hit brought to you by Farm Bureau Insurance. Bundle your auto and home and save with your local Farm Bureau Insurance agent in any of the 82 counties in the state of Mississippi. Farm Bureau Insurance. We're streaming live on the Out of Bounds radio app. You can watch the show right now on YouTube. Search Out of Bounds Sports or Facebook search the Out of Bounds Show. Tom Luganbill joins us, National College Football Analyst with ESPN, and he joins us on the Corona Premier Guest Line. All right, Tom Luganbill, I want you to put on your general manager hat, and I'm going to fire some questions at you like you were an NFL GM. Um, Next week, the draft's going off. You're a general manager. All the quarterbacks are on the board, and you have a pick, and you can pick any of them in the first round. Who would you go with and why? Oh, I'd, boy, I'd go with our boy at Ole Miss. Like I've talked about for what? Has it been like 18 months now we've been having this conversation? Yes. Um, yeah, I, I, I think he's one. Kenny Pickett would be 1A for me. Um you know, our, our, our boy at Liberty, for as gifted and talented as he is, he's just too streaky for me. I'm, I'm very concerned about streakiness at, at the NFL, uh, at the NFL level. I just, th- that's something that I think um, is, can be troublesome because if that's how a guy has performed for a number of years, there's a high likelihood that that's exactly what he's going to be, right? I don't know if you coach that out of a guy that's 23 years old or 22 years old. So um, that's, that's where I, I would be at. Um, I just think that with the way the game at the NFL level has evolved, the ability to have to get the ball out quick, have to get the ball out with different arm angles and off platform and off balance and be able to run at a high rate of speed, be able to make plays with your legs. Uh, it's just, to me, that's, that's the direction you go in. All right. Will you describe to our listeners the difference in the window uh, throwing for a quarterback from college to the NFL? <laughs> Man, I think sometimes it can be as 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 big as two hand lengths. Okay, so this question you're asking is interesting because it actually ties into the value of combine setting type measurable there's a reason why we high we 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 measure hand size there's a reason why we measure uh arm reach and then overall wingspan there's a reason why we measure from the hip to the bottom of the feet um length you hear coaches use that term length all the time well guess what length does length closes windows length uh closes the gap in space and so if you start having elite athletes versus elite athletes, 
it's difficult for the smaller guys to perform in today's game. And so to me, I think that it's not just about the, the window tightening, I think, and it's not just about the arm strength to compensate for it. Because now you start to get into that conversation of anticipation, rhythm, and timing. Because if you are in sync with your guys, all right, you're in sync with, um, let's just say, the offense, the scheme. You know exactly what's asked of you. You know exactly where the ball's got to go. You know exactly who's going to be there. And you know when he's going to be there. That's how you beat the closed windows, you know. And everything's going to be on top of all that, Bo. I think the thing that we probably gloss over here is we always have this conversation about recruiting and how steep the learning curve is from high school to college, right? Mm -hmm. And there's a learning curve there because the game just vastly speeds up. Well, then it does again, too. Even for the premier or the premier at the collegiate level, you jump into that NFL basket, and now it accelerates even more. So, so much of this stuff, I think, is, is mental and work ethic related, maybe more so than it is physical attributes. All right. Do you believe coaches differ on this, which they, they do on everything, but um, <laughs> as far as coaching accuracy, so oh, I think you can. So I look at what I, I know he's not the hot name right now, but I, I look at what Dan Mullen did with Dak Prescott, who was very yeah. rough around the edges coming from North Louisiana and and took, you know, he needed a lot of development and coaching to get where he got by about his redshirt junior year. Um, mm -hmm. so as a as a you played power five QB, you've coached in the pros, coached college. Your dad's mm -hmm. been a coach forever. Can you coach accuracy, Tom? You can improve it. I don't think you can, that you can coach the innate portion of it, the portion that is just internal. You either have it or you don't have it. Like, for example, DJ Uyongole does not have an innate ability to be accurate. It is a real struggle for him. I don't know um, if our guy at Liberty has that that innate I don't think he does, but you know okay. more than I do. Right. I do think Bryce Young does. Like, I, I do think um, C.J. Stroud does. And when you watch quarterbacks, when you look at them, one of the things that I always tell guys when I'm working with them is think of it in these terms. If you force the, the, the receiver to have to make adjustments, you're limiting your own yards to your stat sheet. So let's just say you got a little five-yard crossing route in front of you. And I would always teach that we want to throw that ball one foot in front of the numbers. So as he's running laterally and away from you, you place that ball one foot from his chest right in front of the numbers, you're giving him what I call a transitional football, where he takes that ball, and now he immediately can transition upfield without having to make adjustments, without having to make an awkward coordination of how he snags the ball. That's the difference of making that awkward change and adjustment and getting tackled by, by a trailing defender at six yards and the ball being thrown a foot in front of the numbers, you transition, you turn up, and now that five-yard catch turns into a 17 or 29 or 64-yard reception, all right? And that wasn't created by scheme. That was created by accuracy. And so I think you can drill accuracy from footwork to all those different types of things and you can get better at it. But when the live bullets start flying, 
Quarterback play is about two things, decision-making and accuracy. Put them whatever order you want to put them in. But they're about those two things, and you're going to have to be able to innately anticipate, understand timing. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard the phrase, throw guys open, where the guy's yeah. not where he needs to be yet, but you're going to take him there because you know that's the void in the coverage or what have you. So to me, I think you can work it, but I don't think you can just all of a sudden take a guy that's highly talented physically, who sprays the ball around, and then all of a sudden, three years later, you turn him into a guy that can't miss. I don't okay. think that happens. Okay. I think that's ego. I think that's ego heavily involved in private quarterback tutoring. I what Tom Luganville on the Out of Bounds show, if he was a general manager, he had the pick and everybody's on the board next week, he would go with Matt Corral. And so do you believe that Corral is the most accurate over Kenny? I, I know he, he is over Malik Willis, but over Kenny Pickett and Ritter. Am I missing one more that's kind of been who? Uh, yes, eh, Sam Howell's not the, in the discussion. Well, Sam, I would say that Sam has been and proven to be, at least on tape, maybe the most accurate deep ball thrower of the group. But short and intermediate stuff has not always been overly, overly accurate. So to answer the question about Matt Corral, I think as a total package, whether it's the three-step game, five-step game, whether it's your shotgun, whether it's uh, bootlegs and nakeds and things off platform or things that are out of the pocket, if you took all of them and combined them together, he's probably the most accurate of the group. If you took and you just said, all right, we're just going to play from within the pocket, out of the shotgun, I think Kenny Pickett is seriously in that conversation. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm – I have really mixed feelings on Desmond, and I think I have them because for whatever reason, the games that I did, the COVID year, gosh, I felt like I was the face of the group of five. You know, we were, <laughs> we were broadcasting, broadcasting all these games out of a broom closet here in Charlotte, so we were never on site. But we had, you know, Tulsa SMU, SMU Cincinnati, Cincinnati Navy, Cincinnati Houston. So I saw a lot of him, and I thought he was very hot and cold. When he's on, he's as good as there is. When he's off, you really scratch your head and kind of wonder, what's he doing? You know, that type of thing. And so the consistency side of things for Desmond Ritter, to me, is slightly concerning. But I think you also have a guy who was a late bloomer out of high school, a late developer at the collegiate level. And so he still has a high feeling for development at the NFL level, especially if you're in the market for a guy that you don't have to play right away with. All right. We're going to stay on some of the players, but I want to, I want to go to Lane Kiffin real quick. Uh, we talked within the first 24 hours when Lane was hired at Ole Miss. You loved mm -hmm. it for the jump. He's had a lot of success since going to Oxford. We talked about, you know, he's grown up, all, you know, but he's, he's just brilliant on offense. He just kind of maybe needed the maturity piece and so on. He got mm -hmm. that the last eight or nine years, whatever. Do you think now, today's Lane Kiffin, do you think today's Lane Kiffin would work in the NFL, Tom? Oh, um, actually, yes. I, I absolutely do believe that. But there's so many different components to, to that element. So – for example, uh, obviously the game of football is a quarterback-driven game, but in the National Football League, it's really a quarterback-driven game. 
I mean, I, I always pose this question to everybody. If Drew Brees passes the physical of the Miami Dolphins, is Nick Saban ever at Alabama? That's a great question. And I, my answer is no. And to be honest with you, I've had that conversation with Coach Saban. He chuckles and goes, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, he so. I mean, so you just you think about how important that position is, and then you ramp it up times 10 when you get in the National Football League. The other side to it is, unlike the collegiate side, where the coaches are heavily involved in not only player identification and player evaluation, but the actual recruitment and the decision-making of the player you are taking, that's not always the case at the National Football League level, depending on how you're structured. You may have a general manager, player personnel side that handles all of that, and the coaches just coach the guys they take, or you may have uh, a Bill Belichick, a Bill Parcells type scenario where the head coach, no matter what, is going to have the final decision on draft selection and free agent signings and all that stuff. So th- to answer that question, it's hard to know how accurate you could be answering it without knowing which one of those scenarios you were to step into. Does that make sense? Sure, sure. Because that, that, is, a, that is a big, big – like I used to always – when we were as a staff, when we were in NFL Europe, and then in the XFL, and to some degree, even in the Arena Football League, when I was bouncing around a little bit, is those what we call free agent draft leagues, which means that you're building your entire roster through a draft of available players that may have been on NFL rosters for two years, practice squad, maybe five years, or what have you. They're out there. There's a ton of them. They're really good players with good football left. And we used to always discuss as a, as a, as a staff, because in those leagues, the co- it's like college. The coaches do handle the personnel. And they do handle the draft, and they do make those decisions. And we used to always talk to the staff, listen, we'll beat our opponents if we do a fantastic job in player evaluation and make the right choices in building our roster. Now, barring injury or unforeseen circumstances, if you get a quarterback and you draft well, you're going to win in those types of leagues, right? right? So, again, it's all about player evaluation and the choices you make but who all is involved? How many hands in the cookie jar do you have? And I think that's a, a valid question. So there's outliers to everything that we discuss with you or anybody else. And we, I just asked you about accuracy. I love the mm-hmm. answer. Where do you go with Josh Allen with the Buffalo Bills? Um, it, it looked like he was struggled at the collegiate level, struggled yeah. his first couple years at Buffalo. Is he just an outlier? Is it Brian Dayball? Where do you go with a with a Josh Allen, Luke's? So you're so right. I mean, I, I was I was you know hit or miss with him coming out. He was hurt a lot. He wasn't always overly accurate. He turned the ball over a lot, and he was one of those guys that you always guard against, right? Don't get enamored with the physical attributes and let them cloud some other areas that really need to be scrutinized, right? So whatever it was that the job the Buffalo Bills did, they hit on this one. I mean, bottom line, that's the reality. They hit on this one, and good, and good for them. It's just it's such a hard position to, to project. You're trying to, you're trying to uncover every single red flag that you can. You're trying to figure out, you know, what, what is going to make the difference between this being a guy and him fading away and, and not being a guy – I think the answer to that question in many regards is two things, work ethic and do you love the game? 
Because if you love the game, you'll have the work ethic to work at it as a professional, not as a guy who just plays the sport of football, but as a guy that's the first person in the building and the last person out. You know, and I think, to be honest with you, I think Josh Allen has those attributes. I think he is a tireless worker. We know the physical attributes. And you know what? For the most part, Bo, he's been able to stay healthy. Sure. I, yeah. I think that's a big part of it, too, is when you're not missing time and you're not losing reps and you're not getting valuable game experience because you're injured, so, you know, that's a big deal. Tom Luganbill on the Corona Premier guest line. Uh, and some franchises would not even have given him the time that Buffalo gave him and would have, you know, the NFL, as you know, is fickle. And I mean, it's right now, uh, microwave league, uh, you know, some, some franchises would have moved off of him, Tom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, listen, I think that whatever their long-term vision was, whatever the other decisions that they were planning on making, whether it be in free agency, whether it be through the draft, they must have been very, very convinced that they were close to putting the pieces around him that were going to help him the most, right? Because it's, it, it's about the quarterback, but then it's also about who you put around the quarterback. I mean, I, I was in an event uh, last month with, with Kurt Warner, and we were – talking about our NFL Europe days and we were talking about the, the Rams and this and that. Well, not his performance, his performance as a St. Louis Ram, notwithstanding, let's just assume for a second that when that whole situation with him happened and Trent green happened, what if the running backs, not Marshall Falk? What if the wideouts are not Isaac, uh, uh, Bruce, Bruce Tory Holt and Oz Hakeem? Like, think about those. Like, what if Orlando Pace isn't the left tackle? Like, those are all unbelievably valid questions as to whether or not the St. Louis Rams under Dick Vermeil and Mike Martz on the offensive leadership side, what if, those, what if that wasn't the personnel they had? Would the story still be the same? I, I don't know. I mean, I, I wouldn't feel overly confident that they would go to back-to-back Super Bowls. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. But – Again, it goes back to the, the Jimmys and the Joes, not the X's and the O's. All right. We, out of bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. We're visiting with Tom Luganville, National College Football Analyst with ESPN, and he joins us on the Corona Premier Guest Line. All right, I want to go to Baker Mayfield. There's all this back and forth. Um, yeah. He's a great story in college. Walk on, bounces around, ends up at Oklahoma. But Oklahoma has been dominating with whoever's been the signal caller because Stoops was so good and Lincoln didn't miss a beat and that that conference has been going the wrong way in recruiting and their bell cow, their, their flagship program hasn't gotten it together in 10 or 12 years in Texas. So kind of mix all that up and you got to factor all that in. How do you – so he looks like a kind of a one-two, a, a starter – yeah. One-two type guy. How do you see Baker Mayfield now as he's he may end up with the Carolina Panthers? Yeah, if we're looking at him as just a player, like I think he's got some stuff, man. I, I, I like I like the moxie. I like the riverboat gambler mentality. Um, I, I, I think we are we're a little too quick to discount the fact that remember this was a this was a franchise that had blew it time and time and time and time and time again, and now all of a sudden they took a guy and. They did improve. They improved through free agency. They improved through the draft, but they were better at quarterback because of him. Now, there's a variety, and I haven't followed it, you know, 
ultra closely, but clearly there's some personality quirks, some maybe some problems with either his interpersonal skills with teammates, coaches, uh, general managers. And maybe it's not all him. Maybe it's a, you know, a, a recipe of negativity. And when you're the quarterback, you take on the brunt of that responsibility. Uh, but listen, what if he's a guy that just needs a fresh start somewhere else? You right. know, because he did, he has shown some, some promise, a real promise at times. And so I, I, I think it's way too early to give up on him. But I don't know if you saw the comments from Robbie Anderson for the Carolina Panthers, a wide receiver, and his, you know, what he put on Twitter, Twitter when there was some speculation that he might get traded. And, you know, if, if that's the, the response that other players and other teams have when they hear about Baker Mayfield possibly coming to the team, that's not good. You know, there's, why is that? you got to really start asking some questions. What do you say? As to... He said something like it was there. Was, it was either one of the NFL insiders from one of the networks or somebody had just said, you know, likely landing spot for for you know Baker Mayfield is, is the Carolina Panthers. And Robbie Anderson tweets back, "No, like end with like five O's." Ah, and it's I like, got dude, you. Dude, I mean, that's not good. And you got to figure out why that is if, if you're Matt Rule and you're the management of the Carolina Panthers. But um, I don't know. There's still something like like I would be really curious. And, and I'm just, when I say this, like, who would Cliff Kingsbury rather have right now, Tyler Murray or Baker Mayfield? I Ooh. think that's a really intriguing question. Ooh, Blake just said that's a great question. Okay, right. I mean, think about that. Like, and it's and it's real, and you're sitting there going, "Golly, I just, I, I think that's a just a fascinating question." Hmm. Who would you rather have, Kyler Murray or Baker Mayfield? Okay. All right, let, we've only got a couple of minutes here. Let's go to SEC QBs. If Bryce Young is by far and away the number one QB returning, who who do you have as the number two QB in the Southeastern Conference? Well, on physical talent, I would have Spencer Rattler. But, again, he's streaky, and and he's now going to a roster that was nowhere near what the one Oklahoma had. So the people around him um, may not be as good. I think that is going to be a fascinating experiment uh, in, in Columbia. Uh, personally, I really do. I, I think it's going to be really, really intriguing uh, to watch. You know, that's a really, it's a good question, and I don't know if I have a legitimate uh, answer for it. I I guess you'd probably have to say Spencer. I, okay. I don't like saying that, but I think it's fair. And, and, you know, just because he does have such a significant sample size that, that it's probably the safest pick, but I don't feel as comfortable about, you know, who's playing around him. And, and then I wasn't, you know, I wasn't overly impressed with his comments the other day either. Just let it go and move on. There's no need to make public statements about where you were. Just, just move on. Just move on. I we'll we'll continue this maybe next week or the next on uh Max Johnson, AR fifteen, Dart, yeah. Will Rogers. Some of them haven't played much, some of them have yeah. played a lot. All right. Dart might Dart would be my dark horse guy to emerge as the second guy. Okay. All right. I can't wait to see what Napier does with his guys coming out of Florida. Tom Luganville on the Corona Premier Guest Line. Be good, buddy. See ya. All right. Take care, pal. That was fun. 
I, I like that. Um, from Matt Corral to can you coach, teach accuracy, and then a uh, little Baker Mayfield, SEC QBs. He went Bryce Young, then Spencer Rattler, but his dark horse is uh, Jackson Dart, who will be in the Grove Bowl this weekend. The Out of Bounds Show is brought to you by Havana Smoke Shop. For your premium cigars, Havana Smoke Shop. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.